This is Unfiltered, episode 102 for June 18th, 2014. An army of militants now controls another key city in Iraq. Thousands of people there are running away in fear, and a United States Navy ship with 550 Marines aboard is headed for the Persian Gulf. The insurgent group called ISIS took over Talifer this morning in northern Iraq. That city is near Mosul, where ISIS began a string of military victories a week ago. This terrorist organization inspired by al-Qaeda threatens an all-out battle for Baghdad. Iraq's government is increasing security in the capital. In the meantime, ISIS is bragging about an alleged massacre of Iraqi soldiers captured on camera. Yeah, no, no, don't turn it off. No, this is Unfilter, episode 102, an ongoing continuing saga of the news that you should not be watching. And also, we clear up the confusion that ISIS is not a part of I- Archer. <laughs> My name is Chase Innes, and joining me every single week is a lovely and talented and no-pants-wearing Chris Fisher. Lana! Hello, Mr. Chase. Hey, Chris. So, yeah, today we're going to kind of explain what the hell's going on in Iraq, why yeah. we are sending troops... What really ISIS is, and it's not a part of Archer? Yeah, unfortunately, it is not. I, You know, when I heard the name the very first time, I, I was know, like, is this I a spoof? I, 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 I did, too. And, you know, the thing is, it's actually been around for years. Yeah. It's just, it just hasn't been really discussed a lot in the mainstream media. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to get into that today. That's probably going to be a lot of the show, and I hope you guys will stick around. It's kind of like your veggies. But guess what? We actually also have, believe it or not, can you believe this, an NSA update I, again? I, I do not believe I can't. It. A shocker. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's you're, like your good buddy, Mike Rogers. Actually, no, it's your buddy. Your buddy, Mike Rogers. <laughs> He's my your buddy. buddy. Your buddy. Your buddy. Uh, you know, Mike, I think, has got short timers. I really think Mike's got short because, you know, he's leaving soon. Yeah, he's, he's on getting, his way out. He's getting yeah. Dutch all lined up, and then Mike's going to go get a, his own radio show. They haven't announced when it'll be. Or Is, uh, he, is he running the 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. spot? It might be. Yeah, it might be. Uh, is it encrypted? But yeah, he, you know, he actually was talking about encryption a little bit. Oh, yeah. So the CIA, in I think maybe an effort to be more open now, held its first ever conference on national security at the Georgetown University. Huh. And uh, we have uh, about a two-hour conference embedded in the show notes if you'd like to check it nice. out. It is horrible and awful to watch. But if you do watch it, you will notice sort of the disdain that these people have for what they literally consider our childish outlook on what they do. They consider the way we view their business to be Childish and um, isn't that a childish un- uneducated? Point of- and it's and like they joke about the media, they joke about the what the public knows. Uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty infuriating to watch the isn't whole thing. Isn't that actually. childish on its own right? Yeah. by saying it's childish. They yeah, they're in like this. They're in this echo chamber where they they think they're on this mission from God. And in fact, uh, your buddy Mike Rogers was there talking about a couple of where things. Have I heard that from mission from God. Is that Rush Limbaugh? A mission from Gad. And, uh, <clears throat> no, he uh, he had a couple of things. One, he's kind of like vaguely st- speaking about CISPA, and then he starts talking about how if Silicon Valley and the NSA could share data in real time, maybe we could block malicious code upstream before it ever got to us oh, simple users. Wouldn't that be great? That would be the nice. The first thing we can and should and must do is allow the government of the United States, the NSA and other agencies, to share malicious, malicious source code the private sector in a classified setting in real time. 
They're really good. You know, our folks uh, are very good. So good. Uh, at going overseas and f- trying to figure out what bad people are trying to do to the United States totally. and our companies and our individuals. They're so good. And they find some really nasty things. I mean nasty things. You know, like well, they'll stuff bring like that back does. and protect government networks. Well, that's about 15% of the networks in the United States. The problem is 85% of the networks are private sector networks. Problem is, Chase, okay, 85% of the networks connected to the Internet, I would presume. He's not actually making a complete sentence there, but I presume he's talking about Internet-connected networks. 85% of them are private, and the NSA and the government can't protect them properly right now because they can't share all their secrets. So what we need to do, he's going to lay it out for us. Oh. He's going to solve our problem. Well, that's nice And this, by the way, is the minimum of what he'd like to and see And he's done. obviously setting up a presidential run. Obviously. <laughs> Remember, he started this. He said this is the minimum of what he'd like to see done. And despite what everyone believes, the NSA is not monitoring those networks. So they may not even see it come in to that network. And so what we have proposed, and again, in a bipartisan way, said, why don't we find the right form as as far upstream as you can get to share those malicious source code in a way that that, that, uh, allows uh, for the protection of that information so the bad guys don't understand that you know and, and that has that now been made ineffective. Uh, so your Internet providers can apply that to your filters, and we keep on moving. End user would have no idea. They're not monitoring your personal or private information. Did you catch what he said there? Did you catch what they said there? Your ISP. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back it up a little bit. Listen to what he says. Understand that you know, and, and that has that now been made ineffective. Uh, so your Internet providers can apply that to your filters. And- to your filters? Did you... I think he he misspoke there. I think he was trying to in- interpret like antivirus and stuff, but he's not he's not I, savvy. I think he's implying that we need to have filters at, up at the ISP level that filter out malicious code. In fact, here I'll let it play out. And Are I you mean like kind of like the UK porn filters? Kind of like that. Made ineffective, uh, so your internet providers can apply that to your filters, and we keep on moving. End user would have no idea. They're not monitoring your personal or private information. They don't care about the content of your emails. Uh, they do care about that those those zeros and ones in the right configuration uh, that could bring down a financial institution in the United States. Oh, so to me, if we can get there, that's it's not perfect. It's not the end. It won't solve all our problems, but it is a darn good start. Good start. A good, a very start. nice start, sir. To do what he's talking about, if you actually were analyzing the packets, like he said, and make sure the ones and zeros are in the right order, that would be pretty invasive. Yeah, you'd have totally. to get pretty yeah, invasive. Yeah, you'd yeah, have yeah. to be able to read what it is. Yeah. So then he later, so when he was referring to, uh, we have a bipartisan deal to work together. He was referring to CISPA, the deal that indemnifies providers for sharing they our information. They can do it all they want, not to have a problem. And he's gotten a little upset. And I got I got a choice quote of his in the show notes. He's gotten a little upset at uh, these tech companies who are pushing back now and slowing down his surveillance train. And I will tell you from my perch, this is the biggest national security problem the United States faces that we are not prepared to handle. Not even close. He's talking about cyber. And mainly because we haven't, as Americans, I think, shaken out this notion that when you get on the Internet... You are swimming with sharks. Oh. You're swimming with the Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians, organized crime groups from the Eastern Bloc. Especially when I'm right playing there with my, you. Uh, you know, traveling where you're, movie pop, yeah, you know, yeah, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traveling. They're going to the sites where you're going. Right there in your own living room or home or bedroom or college dorm. What do you think of that? How great is that? He goes on to say that... Lay the uh, fear on thick. He says that uh, it makes him sick that companies like Microsoft and uh, Cisco are pushing back to protect their European business. He says, I don't know about the rest of you, 
but I think it offends me from the word European business. Think about what they're doing. They're willing to, in their mind, justify the importance of their next quarter's earnings in Europe versus the national security of the United States. Everybody on those boards should be embarrassed, and their CEO should be embarrassed, and their stockholders should be embarrassed. That one quarter cannot be worth the national security of the United States for the next 10 generations. Well, he, he's gone as far as saying that these companies are just unpatriotic. Right. They're they're just so bad and so evil. How dare they not want to spy on, everybody, on everyone? Everybody on these boards should be embarrassed, and their CEOs should be embarrassed, and their stockholders should be embarrassed. Should be embarrassed. So one last little story. I don't have a clip for it, but I just thought it was interesting. A story in Der Spiegel this week Der revealed— Spiegel. Der Spiegel. Reveals how the NSA facilities in the Germany in Germany include some of these new buildings we talked about that have been declassified recently, and uh, officially known as the European Technical Center. This is a, a facility that is being built. Check this out, Chase. Brand yeah. new. Uh, I'm sorry. This is a new facility. It's in. Uh, oh, I don't know how you say this. Clay Cancerine. It's. I don't know. I'm probably getting there. <laughs> it's a German name. Yeah. So good luck with that. Uh, it's a U.S. military complex called the Consolidated Intelligence Center. Uh, the facility is going to cost $124 million once it's completed. Wow, we have so much money laying around, don't we? And it will house data monitoring specialists from st- from the storage station there in Germany. I mean, uh, you know, Chris, I mean, it's one of those things when, you know, we, we have a surplus and, you know, we have so much money to yeah, spend. Yeah, yeah. well, we're saving all that money on the, with the sequester. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chase. Yes, Chris. Speaking of money, why don't we do a little business before we jump into Iraq? Because that's really going to take a lot of our time. And... Uh, you know, the Unfiltered show is a listener-supported show Wait, over on— what, What's that mean, Chris, listener-supported? Well, it means instead of advertisers, which we've had some very generous offers, uh, we take funding directly from our audience. Those of you who are consuming the very content that we talk about, the very content that we play, the very content that we make, it makes a lot of sense. If you enjoy the show, you get a little value from the show, as Adam Curry has famously coined, value, value for, for value. value. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think uh, Adam Curry appreciates Patreon, but I think it's a great system. And one of the reasons I think it's a great system is, um, unlike some other systems that we've employed and that other podcasts employ, this is very transparent. The funding's yeah. right there. You know right the where we're at. The key is transparency. You unlike know what our government. milestones are. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing is it has an interaction spot for people who are patrons where we can provide exclusive content like the Unfilter Supporters Sh- Show. Should I, should I give them a peek? Yeah. Oh, oh you logged in right now? Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Just give them a little yeah. peek. Uh, so we make we make a, an entirely separate show available. We sandwich it with the main show, yeah. and it includes a lot of clips and additional stuff that didn't make it into this show. Like uh, we followed uh, the Bo Bergdahl uh, story a little bit today. Uh, we followed some Hillary Clinton stuff today. What was another? What was the oh uh, the Megyn Kelly clip. Megyn Kelly clip? Yeah, and also how ISIS gets its financing. We covered that and in the how supporter it's not show. Part of Archer. And all of the clips we make available are available to our supporters via BitTorrent Sync. Oh, and, and this week, almost, I think I just revealed the key. Oh, oh no. Uh oh! Did you really? I might have accidentally. Well, that's okay. That's yeah. okay because we're going to actually change it pretty soon. But it's one. Of, it's one of those things where obviously you know Chris talks about the transparency, but it allows you guys to get involved with us on a on a personal level, on on a, a level where you know you are directly impacting impacting the show and being a part of things, and know that hey, we don't we don't have to worry about download numbers. We don't have to worry about all right. Chris, did we get to you know four or five thousand downloads? Did, did we did we hit that number? Because we need to appease this app advertiser and oh wait, we can't talk about them because if we run this, we don't have to worry about that. No, we don't have to worry about that at don't all. Don't worry about that. And at we all. also we also are able to kind of take a different approach where we can say, you know, this week we're going to talk about Iraq. Uh, not a lot of people are going to want to watch an episode about Iraq because people just don't care about the Middle East, it seems, at or, least in the U.S. But or, we can still do it because we know it's what our supporters want. Yeah, or it's one of those things where it might be a very sensitive topic, 
And you know what? Then all of a sudden there goes those advertisers. And if, you're, if you are an unfiltered supporter, you get that BitTorrent sync. We have, for example, in the overtime folder today, 17 clips that just give a ton of more information yep. that I just couldn't fit in the show. It would make it way too effing long. Yeah. But it's in the supporter sync, and you get those forever, and you get to hold on to all the stuff I've clipped out, all the source for this show. Plus, you get the whole supporter show. You get the newsletter. And you get to help keep us on the air. Yeah, it's one of those great things. Now, one thing I think we need to sh- uh, touch on real quick, Chris. Patreon.com slash unfilter. Is, uh, so we, we had a shirt. Please help us become and, a patron over there. And last week, uh, it's one of those things where we were like, oh, gosh, you know, man, I wasn't sure if we were going to get there. You know, we were a little short. We're like, well, hey, we got a week to go. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So we had, a, we had a special edition shirt. If you're listening to this now, you can't get it anymore. Unfortunately, because it's already been sold, it's gone. See you later, alligator's gone. Sold out. We did. It. We did it. We, we did it. it. We, yep. we not only we did it, we blew through it. And, yeah. and I, I want to say, you guys, seriously. First off, uh, you know, Chris has said this across the other shows. This is gonna be the last shirt for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna dial, dial down a little bit. But you guys wanted to have a limited special edition thing, so. It's happened. Uh, these are going out the door. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. It's so cool. And uh, members of the Swag Club will be getting theirs now, Chase. Uh, so please. Yes. Everybody, we could use your support over at patreon.com slash unfilter. And thank you to all our supporters. We really, really do appreciate it. You get a bell. Yeah, that's right. Now, we got to go back in time almost. It feels like a repeat. Back to Iraq, Chase. Uh, you, you know what that means, right, by playing that? I am good that this show's going to get we pulled We just out. got pulled. I know, but it was totally worth it. I only played 10 seconds. Doesn't matter. We'll be pulled. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're going back to Iraq. I even played it low, you know? Yeah. And uh, you Google's gonna... ruthless. you got to be careful. I will. You don't screw those guys. They also pulled down the Linux Action Show last week, so oh, screw really? those guys. Yeah. yeah, I got it back up while it's under dispute. Um, so let's start off with the hell's going on. If, in terms of the U.S.'s commitment to the, to the situation in Iraq, this clip will bring it up to speed and tell you about the 275 boots on the ground that are on their way. Tonight, President Obama told Congress he is sending up to 275 soldiers and Marines to Iraq, 170 to protect Americans at the embassy in Baghdad. It is a $700 million fortress, 80 football fields in size, built to withstand attack. But tonight we have learned a significant number of the 5,000 who live and work here have been evacuated. This as the ferocious terror group ISIS took down yet another city. They are Sunni Muslims driven to crush their bitter enemy, the Shia Muslim forces of Iraq's government. As they roll, they are getting help from Sunnis across the country. It is why today America added to its list of options. The warship on the move today has five Osprey tilt rotor aircraft, which could help in an evacuation. But if the U.S. chooses to strike the militants, there is now in place a U.S. carrier able to launch 40 fighter jets to bomb the militants and two ships that can fire cruise missiles. President Obama is also considering sending 100 special operations forces to Iraq as advisors to Iraqi troops. Now, uh, the uh, 275 troops that will be deployed to Iraq will provide security for the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad, like uh, we were just told there. Uh, the quote here is, the forces deploying for the purpose of protecting U.S. citizens' property, if necessary, and equipment, They are, but they are, if necessary, equipped for combat. This is according to Obama in a letter he sent to the House. Um, this is really something. So even we're talking a pretty small force here. I don't know what the exact size of the private contractor force is. But the thing that's really upsetting about this, about the situation in Iraq, um, is a lot of people 
a lot of people saw this coming, including vets. Since I left the country, it's been slowly slipping um, towards this exact moment, but you could see it coming. Now, as the situation in Iraq deteriorates, many veterans like Hall and Pilak are questioning what their service accomplished. Was it a mistake to go into Iraq? I think so. And was it a mistake to leave? Yes. So how do you reconcile those two well, things? you break it, you buy it, right? We, you know, once you go in, uh, I think America has moral responsibility. I lost my friends. I want their deaths to mean something. Um, I want my service over there to mean something. In the nine-year war, 4,400 American troops died in Iraq. More than 32,000 were wounded. And the U.S. spent more than a trillion dollars. Those are some pretty staggering numbers, and uh, it's uh, it's frustrating for these vets, and it's frustrating for any people who followed this over time to essentially watch a lot of the towns that the uh, that we lost U.S. forces in be reclaimed uh, by ISIS, uh, including some oil-rich providences now have been claimed by ISIS, which obviously is going to add pressure to the situation. And they're about forty-five minutes out of Baghdad right now, which uh, if ba- which. I, I, it's inconceivable that Baghdad would fall, but if it did, it would be unbelievable. Uh, so let's talk, let's dig a little bit into who ISIS is and how the hell they're pulling this off. ISIS emerged in Iraq right after the U.S.-led invasion and pledged its allegiance to al-Qaeda. Although the groups uh, later became rivals, it has fueled the sectarian bloodshed in the country and proclaimed an independent Islamic state spanning Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Palestine and Jordan. ISIS has thrived during the ongoing war in neighboring Syria after gaining access to money and arms flowing into the hands of the rebels. So they are using a combination of funding from Heist. They are grabbing the weapons that we've been sending to Syria and other countries have been sending to Syria. Uh, and they are working to they are uh, an offshoot of Al Qaeda. Is this all you following so far? Yeah, I'm following. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And uh, ISIS is uh, is is a group of Iraqis and Syrians who uh, want to create, a th- in theory, I guess, a new state that they control. And they are ruthless as hell, like uh, unbelievably ruthless, brutally ruthless. They've been doing this for years. Uh, and if you wonder, like, why, if, if, if these guys are so bad and so ruthless, how can they be moving so quickly through Iraq? Like, right. it seems like, why aren't the people fighting them? Why aren't, why, why, why is it up to this, this, the shit Iraq military that is that's been junk all along. Well, wasn't it the the military that we trained in the first place? That that when the that we all, but not only that that we ra- that we put money into with pl- private independent military yeah, contractors yeah, to help yeah. secure and, yeah. and do. Yeah, and right. so it's like why so why isn't that mili- why isn't that military able to stop them? Why aren't the people helping? I think uh, one of the key dynamics going on in Iraq right now, particularly in the Sunni part of the country, is that. You know, Sunnis fear the Iraqi government, dominated by Shia political elements, more than they fear ISIS. Um, you know, in 2008, 2009, the Maliki government was handed a uh, an effective strategy. Um, you know, through the uh, the Sons of Iraq, the you know, Iraqi, the Sunni awakening in in Iraq, you had a dynamic where. The Sunnis uh, were cooperating with the central government, Baghdad, in ways that it had not in many years. Uh, Maliki, I think, has squandered you know, that strategy. Maliki is the elected president of Iraq through a dem- dem- democratic election. PJ, this is uh, PJ Crowley, former assistant secretary of state. Instead, he's turned the uh, institutions of state against the Sunni tribes. And now uh, one of the reasons why ISAS has advanced 
you know, so rapidly through Iraq is they got a lot of sympathy on the ground. Uh, we have some really interesting information in the show notes this week. This week, the show notes are definitely a companion oh, to the show. Oh, it's huge. And uh, we have data in there about how uh, ISIS has been funded, including, get this, Chase, look at this. Do you see what this is? This is an ISIS infograph. They actually release annual reports about their funding, about their military operations. This here tells you how many car bombings they did, how many— uh, I actually have it for everybody here. Chase, they're releasing—this almost This almost doesn't pass the bullshit test. They're releasing infographs, this, this ISIS group. It's almost like they're desperately seeking attention. Like, look at us, look at us. And some people are saying, well, they're seeking that attention because they want funding. But I don't know. Well— how can you want funding when you also and uh, they just they just stole they just had a heist of a half a billion dollars? They are now the richest terror group in the world. Okay, so this is all it's all packaged so neatly. It's all put together so nicely. Like here's this new terror group. You, here's are, this great catchy name. All right, so uh, here's their infographs from the so last are, couple so, of years. So are you saying it's too clean? Are you saying that there might be some outside involvement? Are you frying a little bit of conspiracy bacon that it comes from the beautiful city of Lake Stevens, Washington? What if? What if this was Russia stirring up trouble to distract the U.S. <laughs> back in Iraq to keep them, to keep us off their back? Wow. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying it's all packaged up very nightly. That's all. Uh, and you know what? You it, know, it, it does feel too clean. It does feel very clean. Then again, then again, these guys are not necessarily new, and their tactics are brutal. Photos posted online by the militants seem to show hundreds of Iraqi government soldiers being forced to lie in a ditch, and then at least some of them being shot. Now, we cannot independently verify these images, but they appear to show a mass execution, and that is very frightening for others here who fear they could also be targets for the Islamic militants. On the road to Mosul, this is the last checkpoint before territory that's now controlled by Islamic militants. Just 10 miles away is the centre of Iraq's second largest city, which was overrun by armed extremists last week. The militants announced they'll impose strict Islamic law. Oh, good. Uh, Now, the other thing that's interesting about this is we kind of find ourselves... um, on the same side of some of our former uh, foes, uh, because guess who's fighting ISIS in Iraq right now? Iran. Iran and Assad from the Syrian government. Wow. And we're talking, at least some people are suggesting that we should work with Iran. Didn't we do this before? And uh, so here's what we need to do. is you got to bring on a former Bush administration official to tell us what went wrong and why this was a situation years in the making. Also in our Washington bureau is Juan Zarate, CBS News senior national security analyst. He is a former advisor to the George W. Bush administration. Juan, good morning. I love it. So you get in the Bush administration, you send us into Iraq, you botch the whole thing up, you get out of the Bush administration, you get a job at CBS. Juan, what went, what went wrong here? I mean, we spent $25 billion rearming the Iraqi army, training them. Um, why has it collapsed? Well, this is a crisis years in the making, unfortunately, Anthony, because you've had uh, sectarianism creeping into not just the politics, but into the military of uh, Iraq, a loss of faith and confidence in the military by the population, in particular the Sunnis. Uh, You've also had this creeping safe haven uh, coming out of western Iraq and eastern and northern Syria, uh, where this group ISIS has uh, gained strength and momentum. 
And so this is not just a crisis of the last couple of weeks. This is a crisis years in the making. And take a look at the uh, maps we have in the show notes. Yeah. And you can see how Iraq can get divided up. And you can Here, see I, I got that map again. Sitting right between Syria and Iran, too. That's what's on both. Are you, are, were you talking about this map here? Oh, that one the, works, too. You yeah. can see that's the that's sort of the political and religious divisions so, in so Iraq. The, the Sunni Kurds are, are the lighter color at the top of, of the map, and the, the Shia Arabs are uh, at the bottom part there. And then near the center of the country, right there near Baghdad, you got the Shia Arabs and the Sunni Arabs. Uh, Arabs. And so you have this mix and this group at the top there, yeah. are, that's the group that's coming down. And you see, the reason why this has been years in the making is you see right there about the, about the edge of the green zone, that's about where um, Saddam was born. You could see those used to be the people in power. And now those people are maybe not... The majority anymore. This, we got in there. We sh- we 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 ripped the head off this thing. We put in new people, and then we got out. And uh, it sort of has left a power vacuum. I mean, that's why people thought this was coming. Um, and Chase, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not really all that motivated. I'm not really feeling like we need to put a whole bunch of boots on the ground. Well, yeah, and it's one of those things where whenever we see the government putting boots on the ground, we're like, why? Yeah. Well, Rogers will tell you why. Because if you don't. Oh, you mean my beer buddy? Your beer buddy, Mike Rogers, yeah. he's going to suggest that we could have another 9-11. Congressman Mike Rogers, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, warned that among the militants' goals are 9-11-style terrorist attacks on the West. These are sophisticated, command-and-controlled, seasoned combat veterans who understand the value of terrorism operations external to the region, meaning Europe and the United States. That is about as dangerous a recipe as you can put together. Okay, so Mike Rogers says the people over there, if they get a nation state to work from, uh, they they are going to potentially launch an attack. And so one of the suggestions has been is, hey, let's not put boots on the ground, but shit, let's get some planes in the air. The situation in Iraq is dire. Senate Republican Lindsey Graham was one of the first lawmakers to call for U.S. airstrikes. I think American air power is the only hope to change the battlefield equation in Iraq. So Graham is calling on the floor for airstrikes, uh, and uh, he goes on to say on CNN that, look, if we don't do this, he unlike unlike your buddy Rogers, who implied we'd have a 9-11, Graham goes for the kill shot and says, we're definitely going to have a 9-11 if we don't take care of this. Uh, here's my, the good news. The Iraqi people do not want to be governed by S-I-S-I-S. The Shias don't want to be governed by Iran. They actually want to move forward. We were well on our way. The lack of a residual force, this stubborn-headed president we have who thinks he knows better than everybody else, who withdrew troops and exposed this country to the inevitable, needs to change his policies quickly. If he does, we can still save this. Stubborn-headed Stubborn. President? Headed, delusional, detached president. But wow, that's the last bad thick. thing I'm going to say. Mr. President. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's play it back. It's so fun. If he does, we can still save this. Stubborn headed. Stubborn headed, delusional, detached president. <laughs> but that's the last bad thing I'm going to say. Oh, okay. Mr. President. That's it. Line straw there. I want to help you because we're in it together. Okay. The number of people that could die in this country from getting this wrong is going to be far greater than 4,000 because they're getting weapons they didn't have before. <clears throat> the economic chaos to the world. They're getting those weapons from... Is going to be far greater than this, and the money we spent uh, in, in saving Iraq. This is another 9-11 in the making, but get a new government in place as quickly as you can that will bring the Iraqis back together for a counteroffensive. Oh, another nation building because it's worked out so well for us. If we don't. 
God help us because we're next. If we don't, God help us because we're next. Chris, what, what was another country that we installed a government into and then Russia decided they wanted to kind of take over because they didn't really respect what the result was? What? Well, I'm sorry, what was that? Mm. You, you got a little... Mm. You, you might want to drink some water. You got some water over there, Chris? Uh, I'll tell you what the problem is, though. You want know what the problem is? What's the problem? Obama's been asleep at the wheel. It's not like we haven't seen this problem coming for over a year. And what's the president doing? Taking a nap. Do you think the U.S. should oh, be launching airstrikes? And if not, what should the U.S. do? Well, I think what we should do uh, is to provide uh, the equipment and the technical assistance uh, that uh, the Iraqis have been asking for. And uh, by the way, the clip that I didn't make in uh, just because of time, but I do have it in the supporter sync, is uh, Lindsey Graham is pushing for us to make a deal with Iran. Uh, and McCain is not. This is like one of the first time McCain wow, and Graham they're, have, they're they're on the opposing yeah, sides. They're here. both they're both for air support. They both want to drop bombs. And uh, he, I was watching O'Reilly, and O'Reilly was talking to Carl Rove, and, and O'Reilly asked the question, like, "Come on, we should be dropping bombs, right? I mean, it's the least we could be doing right now, right?" That's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like, wow, dude, you guys are so hungry to kill people. Wow, it's unbelievable. And it's like we've already done so much damage. Now the vets' argument is, well, you you break it, you fix it. But I just I don't know. It's unbelievable to see that we might be going back into uh, into Iraq again. And uh, a little bonus material for Iraq. Um, I also have the pipeline layout. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that. I, I actually, I'll have it here uh, right now. You can so take a look. One of the things that's interesting is a lot of sectarian violence falls down uh, right along these pipelines. Um, interesting. And if, yeah, and if you look at the, the, the route ISIS is taking, they've started on the left of the map from Syria and worked their way up and across Iraq, and now they're working their way down, kind of like the direction the oil pipelines go in. And you know what else is interesting is some of the oil that they've already captured, they're actually selling back to the Syrian government right now. It's one of the ways they make money. Yeah, well, yeah we heard about that in the supporter show, yeah. which, by the way, you guys should definitely check out. So I thought that was particularly of interest, and we'll have uh, more info, including a pretty good write-up from Zero Hedge that kind of covers all of it in the show notes. In the notes. Uh, but before we, before we go as far as putting uh, troops on the ground— uh, your buddy, uh, Mike Morell, former intern director, of director of the CIA, uh, he chimes in with what we probably should be doing in Iraq. Oh, I want to get this for sure. So what does the United States do? What is necessary for the United States to do in, tr- in terms of equipment and men on the ground? So the best outcome here, Charlie, the best outcome here, as we talked about last night, is a diplomatic solution where you bring all the sides together and you form a new government without Maliki. Um, a new government for all Iraqis. And I want to mention a lot of people are pushing for this. And what we are saying is we went into Iraq to bring democracy to Iraq. We saved Iraq and gave them an election. And all of our hard work, we made sure that those elections could take place. And then the people voted for a president. And what we want to do now after all of that, after going to war, we want to remove that president. It seems insane to me. I mean, yeah, he does seem like a D-bag. I'll give you that. But, I mean, it seems totally insane to me. And so what Mike Morell is touching on is this talking point is the same one that uh, McCain, Graham, uh, a lot of folks are using. All the sides together and you form a new government without Maliki, um, a new government for all Iraqis. Um, That takes an awful lot of pressure on all the sides. And I think it takes some U.S. military support um, on the ground, which will give us more credibility in that diplomatic argument. And I think that is U.S. Special Forces on the ground advising and assisting. I think that it's intelligence support. 
Um, those are the two keys, I think. We are completely run amok by our intelligence agency because what he's talking about is regime change. And regime change has become a function of our intelligence agency. And guess what? It's not worked. No. It's not, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. The this, proof's in the pudding, this people. Thi- this whole thing is such a quagmire. And I really wish, you know, if you go back through history, sometimes you will find very poignant, very intelligent analysis that sort of warns you of everything that's going to come. And you just think, God, if we just want to listen to this guy. If we just would have heard what this person had to say, and we would have, if we would have just followed his advice, we could have avoided all of this. It, it really feels like to me, and this, and this is where you know I've been on this planet for a while, and I remember when I was a little kid, Operation Desert Storm and Desert Shield and the big Kuwait thing and the whole nine yards, and and now looking at this today as an adult, <laughs> I have so been following this thing for the whole time almost. Well, I have so less confidence. And our government officials now more than ever. Well, when 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 it feels like to me that they're flying by the seat of their on. freaking pants. I can prove you wrong right now. In fact, okay. I'll go back. Let's. Right. Uh, I'll sh- I'll play for you a government official. Okay. That warned us of all of this. Oh, what? Somebody oh. powerful. Really? Was Somebody it? well known that well, said, "Don't go into Iraq. It's a quagmire." I know it was the Kai. Uh, no, it was Dick Cheney. Do you think that the U.S. or U.N. forces should have moved into Baghdad? No. Why not? Because if we'd gone to Baghdad, we would have been all alone. There wouldn't have been anybody else with us. It would have been a U.S. occupation of Iraq. None of the Arab forces that were willing to fight with us in Kuwait were willing to invade Iraq. Uh, Once you got to Iraq and took it over and took down Saddam Hussein's government, then what are you going to put in its place? That's a very volatile part of the world. And and if you take down the central government in Iraq, you can easily end up seeing pieces of Iraq fly off. Uh, Part of it... uh, the Syrians would like to have to the West, uh, part of eastern Iraq, uh, the Iranians would like to claim, fought over for eight years. In the north, you've got the Kurds, and if the Kurds spin loose and join with the Kurds in Turkey, then you threaten the territorial integrity of Turkey. It's a, it's a quagmire if you go that far and try to take over <laughs> Iraq. The other thing was casualties. Uh, everyone was impressed with the fact that uh, we were able to do our job with as few casualties as we had. But for the 146 Americans killed in action, and for their families, it wasn't a cheap war. And the question for the president in terms of whether or not we went on to Baghdad and took additional casualties in an effort to get Saddam Hussein was how many additional dead Americans is Saddam worth? And our judgment was uh, not very many, and I think we got it right. Too bad we didn't listen to Dick Cheney, huh? Explain to the people, because we don't have cameras on this show. I'd say you look a little surprised. A little. Uh, here's the best part. I'm with Dick. So that's Dick in 1994. You what, know what the hell? You know what makes that clip even better? Is that means he advised Bush to go into Iraq knowing, knowing the exactly results. what would happen. Yeah. Knowing what they were committing us to for the next decade or perhaps more. He knew. You, he not only knew, he yeah. knew exactly what's happening right now. He, he, he drove, he, 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 he could have like etched this in ink, in steel, welded it all up. Gave you the book. Dick Here's Cheney the called roadmap. It. He called it. Isn't that something? What the? Doesn't that make you mad? <laughs> so, yeah, but, you know, blame wow. Obama. <laughs> you know what? Thanks, Obama. <laughs> uh, anyways, you can grab that if you're an unfiltered supporter. That'll be in the bit <laughs> Incredible. Sink. I'd say add that to your personal collection. Uh, hey, Chase, uh, that's been really heavy. And I, we're going to follow the Iraq stuff. And I understand. We'll continue to watch but, the U.S.'s response to this. But, but Chris, isn't it better to end... On a high note. Ah, I think so, Chase. In fact, watch out. This, this is, is CNN Breaking News. 
Uh, Chase, in yes. the breaking news studio, it turns out the Canadian researchers are on their way to invent a weed breathalyzer. Nice. Researchers in Canada are working on a new breathalyzer that can tell if a person is high on marijuana. This new technology will hopefully help law enforcement crack down on people who might be driving under the influence of pot. Oh. Right now, police rely on blood tests and often inaccurate mouth swabs for criminal prosecution. Few drivers suspected of smoking marijuana face a penalty higher than a 24-hour driving suspension. What? Researchers hope the new technology will force people to think twice about using drugs and driving. They're not afraid to drug and drive because they don't drive. feel that law enforcement will do anything about it. These researchers hope to have the breathalyzer in front of the Canadian Minister of Justice and the National Highway Traffic Safety Authority within a year and a half. Oh, watch out, Chase. That's, that's from our local affiliate. Yep. Uh, but, you know, the uh, the interesting thing here that he said in that piece, a 24-hour ban? I don't believe that. I mean, it, here's the thing. If a cop pulls you over, yeah. okay, let's say... Let's say I was smoking some marijuana and I just smoked it. I had a huge what? What do you call those bowls? Sure, or a spiff. Maybe you had a nice spiff. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't care. Whatever. Anyway, so let's say I had a huge bowl spiff a combo, bo- a pot brownie. I had I had Fo- a, followed with pot ice cream with I mean and pot water, <laughs> and I and I get pulled over, and I'm like sweet uh, swerving, sweeping. Well, yes, yeah, see, I'm already on it now, right? I'm already all over the road, okay. and then I get pulled over. I don't pass a, a sobriety test or whatever. That's a DUI. Yes. That's not a 24-hour ban. That's a DUI. Right. So I don't understand this whole 24-hour ban crap. From driving? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a DUI. You're arrested. Your, your car's gone. I mean, DUI- And it's gone. DUI's not just alcohol. It's- Driving under the influence. Maybe they're gonna add, maybe they're gonna add a little something on top of it. It's called the Cannabis Breathalyzer too. Cannabis with an X. Why didn't we think of this, Chris? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, this is one of those things where does this run on Arduino? Is this open source? <laughs> oh, maybe there's a Linux angle. Yeah. All right, uh, you guys, uh, you guys owe me this week. I watched way more Hillary Clinton than I want to watch ever. I saw her earlier today. Uh, too. She's been doing her book tour stuff, and she's been talking about Benghazi. So I've been looking to see if there's anything worth bringing to your attention. Um, and I just. You know, CNN has like become the weed network now, so they got her. This is CNN weeding news, man. Uh, so they got her on there, and they asked her, uh, "If you're gonna guess, what do you think Hill Dog's views are on uh, marijuana, on 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 cannabis? What do you think, Chase?" Uh, I think they're 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 positive, and the reason why is because we know her hubby, Bill. <laughs> Tried it, but didn't inhale. Okay, all right. Okay, so you think you think she you think she's okay with it? Really? I, I you think uh, a presidential candidate's going to go up on stage and think she's okay with uh, weed? That's a that's a bold choice. We'll see what she says. And survey says. <laughs> what are your outlooks? There there are younger people here who can <laughs> understand this and answer it. Go ahead. What are your outlooks on recreational and medicinal marijuana, and how does it make you feel that states are now legalizing pot for both uses? Well, at the risk of committing radical candor. Um, That's what we want here. Yes. Well, I have to say, I, I think we need to um, be very clear uh, about the benefits of marijuana use for medicinal purposes. I don't think we've done enough uh, research yet, although I think for people who are in extreme medical conditions and have anecdotal evidence that it works, uh, there should be availability under appropriate circumstances. Uh, but I do think we need more research because we don't know how it interacts with other drugs. There's a lot that we don't know. So on medicinal, 
on medicinal purposes. On recreational, you know, states are the laboratories of democracy. We have at least two states that are experimenting with that right now. I want to wait and see what the evidence is. Do you want to wait and try it? You said you never smoked. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that uh, I didn't do when I was young. I'm not going to start now. <laughs> yeah, right. You didn't. I've seen the pictures. So, so do I get a half win on that? Yeah, I think so. I get a half I, win. I actually kind of liked her state answer. Pretty safe answer overall, though. Pretty damn well, safe. Well, obviously, she wants to appease to, to those crossover groups that uh, are not well, fully comfortable. And I think and... the Hill Dog campaign knows that one of the things that's going to eat her alive is she doesn't really appeal to younger voters. First of all, I mean... She's just kind of too, you know, her, she was a long time ago. Right. And second of all, um, you know, I think Elizabeth Warren's going to give her a run for money for the younger. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You know, one of the things I like to follow with the whole cannabis legalization is the whole um, economics angle of it, because I yeah. think that's what's going to drive um, sort of cannabis I legalization. Mean, I, I know we got a story here about Denver, uh, but, you know, there was a, a, a situation. There was a kind of a conference thing that happened down near SeaTac. A I situation wanna... room? No. Okay, because I no, I know you have it. I have a you. You have an itchy trigger. Face. I just have a situation room. But you know, I, I, we can do it a situation room for this. Well, that's not that interesting. That's uh, just, fair enough. Uh, so, because this is just something that happened. So, it turns out there's angel investors who are exclusively investing in cannabis business. I. Uh, so this one of them is Tony uh, Dayton. Or Troy Dayton, sorry. He's the CEO of ArcView Group, which provides angel investments for the cannabis industry. And they just had a, se- a summit in uh, Colorado. He said that his group has raised $10 million already for cannabis investments this year. At Mile High Station. Oh, and he thinks that the uh, cannabis business is going to grow from $1.5 billion in 2013 to $2.6 billion this year. And that's just oh, I, I think that's he, recreational. That's he, not even medical. And I think he's absolutely correct. And you know what? I think any, any, any angel investment group who gets involved here, and obviously this is just opinion, of course, don't take my financial <laughs> advice. I think it's you know it's one of those things where if you have the money to put into this, I mean you've we've already seen the history of results so far from Colorado, and they've been hugely positive. Yeah, yeah. huge. I mean they're bringing in tourists. People are coming into the state. They're pulling the lever and they're going high, high, high. That's what they're doing. That's <laughs> yeah, what they're, they're doing. making money, uh, and it's it's not likely that the, it's going to turn around. And so uh, that's why some people are saying that this is. I mean. Hey, man, maybe Bitcoin isn't working out for you. Maybe you should be investing in weed stocks. That's what this one investor says. In fact, he says it's hotter than dot-com stocks Ooh, ever were. Wow. With recreational marijuana already legal in Colorado and Washington and efforts to legalize its use underway in as many as a dozen other states, startup businesses and their financial backers are scrambling to get in on the ground floor of a newly legitimate industry. Paul Salman recently met up with a few. It's part of his ongoing reporting, Making Sense of Financial News. And we. This is a unique moment in history, and these days will never return again. This is like the Wild West right now, right? Unfolding before our eyes. A flock of gung ho investors who've traveled to a hotel north of Boston to hear product pitches in an industry that until recently was strictly illicit. It's a really, really beautiful scene to look out and see the people who are shaping the next great American industry, the cannabis industry. Troy Dayton is co-founder of ArcView Investors, which vets and funds cannabis entrepreneurs. (laughs) Just a year ago, Dayton noted, we had 40 people in a conference room. 
And now we have over 200 people out there today. The last few months, the interest level from investors has been astounding. Hello, everybody. Presumably that's because legal <laughs> recreational pot is finally here. Got some legal weed. Only in Colorado yeah. and oh, Washington boy. for now. But, says the Marijuana Policy Project's Rob Campia... We expect to legalize marijuana in Rhode Island and Alaska this year. Oh. And we'll probably end up with about 12 states over the next four years. This sets the stage for a gold rush that could conceivably rival the repeal of prohibition. In Colorado alone, state officials predict a billion dollars in sales and over a hundred million in tax revenues this very first year. How about that? You know, the one thing is, as more states pass this, when when is it going to be the tipping point where the federal government says, all right, we need to make a change on the federal rules here. When is it going to happen when things get start to get challenged? Because you're already running into weird situations where, and it's already happened here where, you know, with, with guns, for example, somebody wanted to get a legal gun, mm-hmm. and we talked about it on the show last week. Mm-hmm. What if someone wants to get a job, say, with a state agency, and they've done marijuana? It, it's a very, very weird state right now, and yeah. I'm hoping as more states pass this, you know, we'll get a clear picture. What you could do is go get that job at the breathalyzer place because they're going to need somebody that's stoned. The, the only problem is that's Canada and, you know, work visas and oh, all that. Canada's kind of great. Yeah, well, no, I like Canada. Don't get me wrong. But they have internet caps. Um, so I, I, I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to kind of, uh, kind of bookend by a, a look at the subreddit because we had a really great turnout in the subreddit oh. this week. Now, before, before you get into it, I want to, I want to point out to one thing. What's that? We talk about the subreddit every single week. Yeah. We always talk about how many readers we have in the subreddit. Yeah, that's usually a thing. I thought we just stopped doing that, no, though. No, I know, we did, but... But oh, now we're doing I, it? Oh, no, I want to focus on one thing. Okay, wait. Do I, Is this breaking news? This is breaking news. Are you sure? Is it the Fox variety or the CNN variety? This is... I, yeah, I, I'm always partial to CNN. Sorry, we already did CNN. We already did Fox News alert. What's we want to let you guys know that we are now at Leet Readers. That's oh, right. That's we cool. are at Leet... Check that out. Leet... Uh, yeah, see? That's, Leet that's Readers that's Fox great. News alert. Fox News alert. Uh, no, uh, so uh, first of all, the Mike Rogers clips that uh, we uh, played at the top of the show, um, th- I found those clips because of the video that's linked by the story that uh, Fallen Zero uh, submitted and also was our top voted story. Nice. Yeah, so that was really a nice contribution to the show today, yeah. and I wanted to especially thank uh, Fallen Zero for that. Also, there's a st- there's two stories that did not make it into the show this week, but... Um, I wanted to give you a little extra call out. Uh, the first one was the Pentagon is preparing for a mass civil breakdown. Did you read this story? No. It's on The Guardian, and they're essentially drafting up plans for, like, chaos. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so that's worth a read. And then also uh, a story that's no longer um, – this is about during – when Snowden was in transit between China and Russia, yeah. the, C- the CIA had their rendition, rendition jets – that's their ones where they grabbed to take people to torture them. Right. They have them on standby in Europe waiting to snap up uh, Snowden. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That story is a good stories in the subreddit. Also a story about a bank robber suspect who wants his NSA phone records. We've actually talked about that one, but just briefly. Yeah. Some I mean, the, the unfiltered subreddit has turned into a thing of its own. I mean, we, we talk about it every single week, and uh, thanks to you guys building it up, because really it's, it's turned into an awesome place to go, yeah. and a lot of people have been checking it out. It's unfiltered.reddit.com in case you don't know about it. And mm-hmm. really jump into it because it's so much fun. And then I wanted to also take care of a little business that I meant to cover in episode 100 is I thought it would be a good idea to kind of cover some basics for maybe new listeners. Oh. Uh, so the first one was uh, I've been asking folks for Tech Talk today and it worked out really well. And I'd like to do it for Unfiltered too. If 
I actually really hate asking this, so I don't ask it very often. And you know as a podcaster, it's something you should almost ask every episode, and that's for ratings and reviews in the iTunes. Oh, God. I know, right? Chase just, Chase just dropped the mic. Uh, and I want to specifically call I, I know, out- I know. It's so tough. I, I hate it. Because, first of all, my audience is not big on the iTunes to begin with, and I totally grok because I'm not either. But the, I, I think this audience, uh, we have a big cross-section because I, obviously we have the core people JB People have community. access. We have the core JB community, but yeah. I know we've also brought in people from outside the JB yeah. community because of the nature of the show. So um, what I would like to ask, and I, I really do hate to do this, but it would really help us if you would go into iTunes and find the unfiltered MP3 feed. Let's everybody focus just on one feed because you don't want to distribute the ratings and reviews because the way it works is when, when a podcast starts getting ratings and reviews, it goes up further in the charts. And so I asked folks to do this for Tech Talk Today, and Tech Talk Today has been on the front page of the technology section and iTunes. Oh, Bob's your High uncle, man. Z's. Dude, so that is... I know, it's great. And it brings thousands of new people to the show. So I would love to get some more folks to find uh, us. And iTunes is really just kind of... For now, it's like the place people find podcasts. Uh, un- unfortunately, it's about 85%. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really it's, high. It's kind of like YouTube is for video, uh, for podcasts. So there's two things you can do. You can just rate. You can just you know click on the number of stars. You don't have to do write anything. But if you do feel comfortable, you can definitely write something, too, and just yeah. say, hey, I love the show. Keep up the great work. You yeah. know, thinking like that. Uh, and the other thing is is I, I want to uh, start encouraging emails again because I want to start incorporating those back into the show some more. So go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact and let us know your thoughts on stuff. You can also engage us on the Unfilter subreddit, unfilter.reddit.com. We will post each episode there, and there is the uh, you can just leave your feedback in that episode's thread if you yep. like. Yeah. So lots of some easy ways to get a hold of us, but we'd like to hear some more from you guys. Well, we like to engage the community, and you know the one thing I know that Chris doesn't want to do is as you know we we keep reaching and we keep getting bigger, and you know people more and more people jump into the show. We always want to stay grounded, and we like to stay. Gotta in keep contact. it real, man. Gotta keep it real. Gotta keep it real with the peeps. Uh, and uh, I know we have some vets out there too who listen. I think we might even. I'm sure we probably have some active service members too. Oh, I know we do. I know we've gotten emails from vets. I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on the Iraq situation too, so I can help uh, kind of you know form what I think about it. Right. Because this is one of these things where I can see it from the um, you know you broke it, you own it standpoint. Yeah. And so now it's sort of like incumbent upon us to help. How, this, how do you feel saying, all right, well, we don't put boots on the ground, but we go ahead and bomb from the air? What, what I, about that? I, I just. It's such a weird situation how, like, we were in there, we left, and now it's falling the apart. The thing is, is like, it, ISIS is either totally fake and, and, and a big scam, or it's like the most legit actual. Like, Al Qaeda is, is known as a creation from the U.S. Like, that's, that's something now, we know of. But ISIS actually seems legit. Like, when, when it's you their say, territory. But when you say fake, do you mean fake as in something that we came up with or something I don't else think entirely? So. I don't know. I'm just saying it. Yeah. I mean, how weird is it that there's a terrorist organism out there that releases uh, Q, Q4-like statements and stuff? I mean, that just seems unbelievable to me. It's very weird. Um, but anyways, um, I, I go. what I go back to is they do seem like a bad group of people. And... <laughs> I just don't know. It's such a horrible quagmire. I wish we'd never gone in there is what I really wish. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, and we cannot, you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, we we can never, you know, predict what would have happened if we didn't. You know, it sounds like a weird Star Trek episode if we try to change history. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's something we'll just keep watching, and yep. uh, we'll try not to make it too much of a downer for you guys, but we'll try to keep you updated on the yep. stuff that's relevant. And particularly, our strong suit is generally... 
um, kind of gauging the U.S.'s response and sort of uh, wading those waters and then helping people outside the U.S. kind of understand I mean, what the hell we're up to and people in the U.S. what yeah. the hell we're up to. And we pull it from everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we let's let's. I mean, I'm going back to the supporter show and kind of incorporating everything. But are right, we pulled from the Young Turks? Uh, then we pulled from Fox News. Alex Jones. Uh, who Glenn else? Beck. Glenn Beck. Uh, RT. Then we, then we had RT. ABC. CN, we had CNN, Lots ABC, CNN NBC. Week. Mostly CNN this week. Yeah. But yeah, some NBC in there. I mean. Sometimes some democracy now. Yeah. Oh, Rachel Maddow. Don't forget we about her. We had some Maddow. Maddow. Uh, so, we had the BBC. We often, we didn't any, any this week, but we often have the CBC. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty common one, too. Um, so it really, we try to pull from all sources. And, you know, this week, I definitely felt like I, I wanted to keep it focused, but there's so much content that we could have easily done two shows this week. And I'd love to get to that point because I really think there's a slight restructure I could see in the shows the way we do them. But uh, there's so much stuff in the supporter sync this week that I, I would love to be able to cover in a full show itself and dedicate a full show to exploring those topics. It's just a little cramped right now. But you can go to patreon.com slash unfilter and help us get there. Yeah, our, our ultimate goal is if we got to two shows a week, that's our 5,000 goal. Uh, but it's one of those things for us. It's you get, you know, more more uh, more time you put into it, the more money it costs. You know, it's just the nature of the beast. So very good. Yeah. All right, Mister Chase, I'll leave it at that. I just wanted to cover some yeah. business that we haven't really addressed for a little while, and I kind of felt like uh, it was good for people who, because I, I think I I think we have some new viewers. We have yeah. some new viewers. Well, we do. We have a lot of great people. I know some of my friends listen to the show, and they they appreciate my insight. But one of those things again, we will remind you guys: you can be part of the community either on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/unfilter. Or unfilter.reddit.com. And another great way to engage is to join us live. We do this show over jblive.tv yeah. on a Wednesday. Yeah. Today we started about 6 o'clock p.m. Yeah, actually, I think it was like quarter till. It yeah, was, it, it depends on how big the supporter show is going to be. So yeah. uh, show up at jblive.tv, you know, maybe an hour you, before the show you, starts. If Just you put showed, the screen, stream on and if go If you do showed something. up early, you would have heard one of my greatest stories. Yeah. yeah. Well, and jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar will get you the time in your local time. But we'd love to have you join us live and hang out in our chat room and participate with the conversation, even if the IRC room does lock up a little bit from time to time. Now, Chris, you know, heard nobody another chase. way that people might want to interact with you and the show is maybe on Twitter. Boom, twitter.com slash Chris L-A-S. That's right. And by the way, you just retweeted out the Fire Phone. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tweet that we were live today. Aww. Usually I would do that. Yeah, too. That's yeah. another way you can find out when we're live. <laughs> yeah. And even if the time's a little variable. What about you? Are you on? Uh, I love the Twitters. I give everybody three bonus characters. Nice. So follow me. At Innovative, Nunes, Chase. N-U-N-E-S, really. N-U-N-E-S. And I decided to switch up my back uh, background this week. I went with a beautiful nice. picture of a... F- I took that picture, I by the way. I want to get on a boat. I want to go on a boat. I want to go on a what boat. What about like online doing like shows? Maybe. Oh, man. I've been posting some great uh, tech overviews. Uh, we just re- did a E3 wrap-up show. E3 wrap-up. We talked about all the big games, especially we loved Mario Maker. We talked about that again. Ah, uh, shoot. Geekgamer.tv. Nice. Very, very good. Uh, and uh, I encourage you guys to go over and check out Tech Talk Today, new show on the network, and check out last week's Chase joined me all week to talk about E3 if you're curious and, about that. you know, I might come back. Oh, that'd be great. You know, you guys should come back next week and join us every single week. We'd love that, too. Oh, yeah. You guys make it possible. We thank you so much for supporting the show. See you right back here next, next week. week.